You know, many people have been going to the doctors in the last few years, and it has not been a happy time. And I certainly hope that you're not one of them going to the doctors. Sometimes we do need to go for things other than pandemics. Thank goodness. And uh, today, we're going to take a trip to a doctor. And uh, you won't need your insurance or your Medicare card. There will not be any co-pays. And if you need any medicines, they're free. They're free, yes. That's the good news. The bad news? This is a radio series that is about a fictional character named Dr. Christian who is played by an actor who knows absolutely nothing about medicine. He probably can put on a band-aid or two, but certainly sounds like he does know a lot about it in this extremely popular series. Yep, it was CBS Radio's Dr. Christian. It was broadcast on every Sunday from November 7th, 1937 through January 6th, 1950. It was a soap opera, but not your everyday soap opera. This soap opera played like a serial drama. Each episode was a complete story. But to keep listeners abreast of the goings-on, past activity was referred to within other episodes as is done with a lot of other soap operas. Dr. Christian was portrayed by Jean Hirschhall, who also played Shirley Temple's Alps-dwelling grandfather at in the movie Heidi. Does anyone remember that film? It's a classic. Couldn't probably film it now as the ice is probably melting on the top of it, but uh, back when it was filmed, it was beautiful. The female lead nurse in this show, Judy Price, was played by Rosemary DeCamp and Lorene Tuttle and Kathleen Fitz. And Helen Clare, pretty near a whole hospital full of nurses, played the nurse on this program. The opening theme music was Rainbow on the River. Now, Dr. Christian was so popular and Herschelt's portrayal of him so real that he consistently received mail from listeners asking for medical advice. Dr. Christian, a country doctor in the small town of River's End, gave wise advice and never talked down to his his patients. He had a lot of patients dealing with the patients that he had to have the patients with, if you know what I mean. Different spellings, different meanings. The episodes appear to be so current that it's hard to believe much of Dr. Christian was written over 80 years ago. So here were the entertaining Vaseline Petroleum Jelly commercials included is an episode of uh, Dr. Christian from 1938, and it's called The Man with a Paralyzed Arm. It actually was heard on February 6th, 1938. This is Heirloom Radio. My name is John Lovering. And I thank you for listening. Now, uh, you're going into the doctor's waiting room. Grab a magazine. Sit down. Wait your turn. Dr. Christian will be with you in a moment.
Hollywood, California, we bring you Chapter 14 in the Chronicles of River's End. The star of the show, Gene Hersholt, in his greatest of all roles. The title of the show, Dr. Christian. The sponsor of the show, the Cheesebro Manufacturing Company, owners of the trademark Vaseline. As a curtain raiser for today's Dr. Christian story, we take you to a meeting of the Women's Thursday Club. The chairman has not yet called the group to order, so the girls are got. I don't know how you feel, Judy, but I, for one, don't see any excuse for it at all. But, Ella, not everybody's as efficient as you are. Nonsense. It's just a matter of planning things in the head of time. Well, that's all right, but planning isn't everything. There are times when you just can't. Oh, for goodness sakes, girls, what are you talking about? Oh, Ella's all burned up because Marie Craig was set to head the committee to sell cookies for the Girl Scout drive. And now she's backed out because the baby's been ailing. Well, what's the matter with the baby? Nothing on earth that a 15-cent tube of Vaseline borated jelly wouldn't fix. I went to see that baby myself. She's fretful and cross just because Marie doesn't keep her comfortable. And she wears too many clothes. And her skin is chased all the time. And, and she has the sniffles. Oh, but it's Marie's first baby. Just the one to learn on. I always say if a baby is started outright... In the... And we won't stay to hear Ella expound all her theories of child care. It's enough to leave with you the thought that Vaseline borated jelly is a practical aid in raising babies. It's a combination of Vaseline white jelly and boric acid especially prepared for use on delicate membranes and minor skin irritations. Vaseline borated is wonderfully soothing and healing. If you've let your supply run out, won't you get a tube tomorrow? And it's only 15 cents at any drugstore. And so we open another chapter in the story of Dr. Paul Christian, played by Jean Herschel. The scene is Dr. Christian's reception room, where Judy Price is going about her morning test. The door opens, and a young man enters. Good morning. May I help you? I say, may I help you? Oh, I beg your pardon. I, I was just noticing how beautiful you are. Well... Oh, please don't be offended. I've always been that way in the presence of beauty. Hmm, how interesting. You remind me of a melody. I can almost hear it. A little song that's bright and lilting. And yet ten. <clears throat> well, uh, just skip the chorus. Is there something you wanted? Uh, uh, oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. I, I, I'd like to see the doctor. I'm sorry, but Dr. Christian's office hours are in the afternoon. He's just about to leave for his morning calls. Can you come back about two o'clock? Oh, no. No, I must see him at once. It's important. Very important. Uh, is it about yourself? Yes. Well, then perhaps he'll make an exception. Won't you sit down? Thank you. I'll call him right away. Dr. Christian, can you come out a moment? Yes, Judy. What is it? This uh, young man wants to see you. He says it's very urgent. Oh, good morning. Good morning. You're the doctor? That's right. It seems to be the trouble. Trouble? Oh, well, it's, it's mostly right here. Your stomach? Yes. Judy, take down his medical history before I make an examination. All right. You are a newcomer to Riversend, aren't you? Yes. I've only been here two days. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, first I want to ask you some questions. Well, I'm not very good at questions. At school, I was really the poorest in my class. Well, I think you'll be able to answer these. What's your name? Uh, 
Oh, 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 yeah, yes. Uh, uh, Homer. Oh, Homer. Homer, Homer? No, no, just, just Homer. But there's more to your name than that, isn't there? Yes, more. Well, what is it? More. I know, but... Wait a minute, Judy. You mean more is your last name. Yes. Homer Moore, hmm? That's right. Spelled with two O's? A big pun? I say, is it O-O? Oh. Well, is it or isn't it? Oh, it, it, it's O. One O. M-O-R-E? Yes. <sighs> You're single? Yes. When were you born? Oh, I remember that. Good. April 17th, 1911. Uh, have you ever had a serious illness? Well, uh, when I was a kid, I uh, had the measles. Any operations? No. How long have you had this uh, particular trouble? Why, ever since I... Uh, uh, for about a year. Mm, have you ever been to a doctor before? No, don't think so. Well, don't you know? Well, see, I've, I've been around quite a bit... I don't remember all the places. Ah, then you'd better come in here and let me make a thorough examination. Oh, oh is that necessary? Oh, of course. How else can I find out if you're sick? I'm not sick. You're not sick? No, no, no. I only wanted to ask if I could wash your windows. Oh. Wash the windows? What do you mean by coming in here and saying it's important? <laughs> Telling the doctor there's something the matter with your stomach. It is important. I haven't eaten <laughs> since yesterday. The idea! <laughs> Wait a minute, Judy. Oh, dear, I think we'd better give this young man a job. I assure you, Doctor, it will be deeply appreciated. You're quite welcome. Now, if I could have a bucket of water and whatever else one needs to wash a window... Haven't you a bucket? Uh, oh, no, no, not yet, but uh, I'm planning to get one. Judy, see if you can find a bucket and a sponge. I'll look for one. I think there's one in the garage. All right. So you're a window washer? Yes, sir. And I'm especially good at getting into the corners... I've been told my work in the corners shows outstanding ability. Mm, you expect to make a living here in River's End by washing windows? Oh, I, I do other things. Polishing cars. I have quite a flair for that. And I'm also rather good at dusting furniture. Mm. How about sweeping out? Oh. I've read of any number of men who began by sweeping out and eventually became the president of the concern. I'm afraid it doesn't offer much of a career for me. I lack the dexterity. Well, it isn't difficult. You ought to be able to pick it up in no time. Well, you see, I... I can't hold a broom. My right arm is paralyzed. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm not appealing to your sympathy. Oh, no, no, of course not. And I... I guarantee the window will be cleaned satisfactorily. I do rather well with my left hand. I don't wish to appear conceited, but... My work with the left hand has always received favorable comment. Oh, sure, one. Well, uh... What are you going to do when you finish this job here? Well, I'll be at liberty. I was just thinking, Mrs. Snyder, she's a patient of mine. She's been looking for a man to uh, clean up her attic. If you haven't any other engagement, I'd be glad to talk to her and recommend her. I'd be delighted. Attics fascinate me. They're so full of memories, discarded and left behind by the passing years. Forgotten yesterdays in a jumbled, dusty heap. Dim remembrances like faint melodies, distant and distant. Yes, uh, but if I were you, I wouldn't tell Mrs. Snyder that. Oh. Well, I've got to be making my calls. I'll talk to Mrs. Snyder, and you drop in and see me late this afternoon. Thank you, Doctor. I oh. shall. I'd better pay you right now for the window. How much will it be? My regular price is 50 cents. Oh, but if that's too much... Oh, no, no, it, 
just occurred to me that I've been taking up a lot of your time, and you'd better make it a dollar. I'll pay you now so you can run out and get something to eat. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't accept charity. The window will be 50 cents. Oh, but I want the window in my private office watch, too. It doesn't need cleaning. Huh? Oh, yes, it does. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, you take the 50 cents and you'll go out to get something to eat. When you come back, have a look at that window, and if it needs cleaning, whitewash it, and uh, duty will pay you. Very well, Doctor. I shall inspect it. And uh, don't forget, drop in late this afternoon, and I'll tell you about Mrs. Snyder. Thank you, Doctor. Where is he? <laughs> He's going to get something to eat, Judy. He'll be back. Oh, have you got any ink? Oh, why, yes. A whole bottle of it right there on my desk. Well, take it into my private office and splash some of it on the window. These Dr. Christian stories, starring the famous screen actor Gene Hersholt in the title role, are presented every Sunday in the interests of Vaseline preparation. The first of this great family of home first aid remedies was Vaseline petroleum jelly. It has a truly romantic history. In the old days, the American Indians used to search out the places in the earth where oil, crude petroleum, seeped through the rocks to bathe in the oil because they found it very soothing for many skin ailments with which they were afflicted. When the first oil well was discovered in Titusville, Pennsylvania, Robert A. Cheesebro organized a company to market petroleum oil products, and he coined the word Vaseline as a trademark for his preparation. Today, this trademark is known all over the world, and the benefits of Vaseline petroleum jelly are available to every family, no matter how limited their income, because Vaseline jelly sells for only 10 cents a jar. Each jar or tube of Vaseline jelly is the best that can be made sterilized in the process of manufacture, and packed in sterilized containers. So when you buy, be sure to look for the trademark Vaseline on the package. If you don't see it, you are not getting the genuine article. And now we return to our story and to Dr. Christian's office. Jerry Turner is talking to you. No, please, Jerry. I've got to finish this bookkeeping. Ah, no. You better be getting back to work yourself or you'll be fired. Well, they're not going to fire a good, steady man like me. <laughs> You're steady, all right. If you were any steadier, you'd be motionless. And if they do fire me, I'll say it was because of a woman. Ah. I know not why the stars do shine. I know not why I call thee mine. Jerry. I know not why the birdies sing. In fact, you don't know anything. <laughs> now, go on and get out. No, sir. Not until you say you'll go to the dance with me next Friday. I told you I might have to work Friday night. I'll have to ask Dr. Christian. Where is he? In his private office. Then ask him. I can't disturb him just to find out if I can go to a dance. I'll ask him when he comes out. All right. I'll phone you after a while, but don't delay. Remember, I'm a popular man around town. In <laughs> fact, I'm considered quite a cat. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not intruding, am I? No. Come on in, Homer. Uh, Jerry Turner, Homer Moore. Hiya. Uh, how, do you, how do you do? You won't forget to let me know this afternoon, Judy. Because I'm, I'm leaving town on a business trip, and I won't be back till Friday evening. No, I won't forget. All right, I'll, I'll phone you later. So long. Bye. Is, uh, is uh, Dr. Christian in? Yes, but he's busy right now. Oh, oh. May I wait? Certainly. You don't mind if I sit down, do you? 
Take any one of those four chairs, Homer. They're all empty. Say, Judy. Oh, hello, Homer. Oh. Judy, will you all know what's at the drugstore and ask Roy Davis to make up this prescription? Uh, uh, you want me to wait for it? Yes. Oh, Dr. Christian, do you suppose I'll have to work Friday night? No, I don't see why. Uh, Jerry wanted me to go to a dance. Uh, Homer, if he calls up while I'm out, will you tell him, no, I won't have to work? You know, Jerry Turner, the man you just met. Oh, yes. Yes, I'll tell him. All right, thanks. Well, Homer, how did you make out at Mrs. Snyder's? I quit. You did? Why? Mrs. Snyder has a little girl who plays the piano. But don't you like music? Yes. That's why I quit. I always told Mrs. Snyder, little Mrs. Snyder's girl played very nicely. She was playing Moray's Nocturne Romantique. She, she hasn't the slightest feeling for it. Not the slightest comprehension of, of, of what it signifies. The composer meant it as a satire, ironic. And she was playing it as if it were a sentimental love song. There ought to be a law to prevent little girls from mutilating music like that. Now, Homer, don't get so excited. Sit down. Sorry. Who did you say wrote this piece? Moray. Is he a great composer? No. But he doesn't want his work ruined, even if he isn't great. Are you acquainted with this, Moray? I've never met him. Well, Homer, it's too bad you had to quit that job on account of Middle's piano playing. What did you do before you took up window washing? Oh, I... Uh, I was a cowboy. Oh, cowboy. You worked on a ranch? Yes, that's it, on a ranch. I used to ride in the up and around... The up and around? Yes, you know, you get up in the morning and ride around. Hmm. Well, I'm afraid there wouldn't be much for a cowboy to do here in River's End. What was the name of the ranch where you worked? Well, uh, uh, it's queer. I don't remember the name, but it was a very large place. I see. You remember places, but not names, hmm? I should be able to remember, shouldn't I? Well, I just can't seem to recall it. it, it it's all in my head. I don't doubt it. Why did you leave the ranch? Because of my arm. You were thrown off a horse? <laughs> You'd have to be thrown off a horse if you worked on a ranch. Yes. I was thrown off a horse. I just wanted to make sure you wouldn't overlook that point. You don't by any chance play the piano, do you, Homer? Why, no, no. What makes you ask that? Oh, I just wondered. Slip off your coat, Homer. Huh? Let's have a look at your arm. Oh, no, no, it's no use. Nothing can be done about it. No, please, I I'd rather not. Take off your coat. How do you know nothing can be done about it? Yeah. Let me hold up your sleeve. Hmm. You're wasting your time. My arm is useless. But maybe I can help you. Would you like to be able to play again? I, I mean, write in the up and around again? You can't help me. I don't want your help. I'll get along as I am. I don't need help or sympathy or pity. Will you please let me alone? Now, Homer, calm down. All I'm doing is to... Hello, Doc. Oh, hello, Ed. Put on your coat, Homer, that's all. Busy? No, not particularly. I'd like to see you for a minute. All right. Oh, Ed, this is Homer Moore. Homer, Ed Meadows. He wants the furniture on hardware store. How do you do? Glad to know you, Mr. Moore. Homer's been doing a little work for me. You're not looking for any more jobs, are you, Mr. Moore? Why, yes, Ed, he is. If uh, you've got something at the store, he might be just a man for you. You could give him a trial anyway. Well, I'll think it over. Maybe we can do business. Come in and talk to me tomorrow, Mr. Moore. Now, if I could see you for a minute, Doc. Well... Why, yes, Ed. Come in, my private office. Oh, uh, 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 hello. Yes, this is Dr. Christian's office. Uh, uh, 
Oh, hello, Mr. Turner. No, Judy isn't here, but she left word for you. Yes, now, just a moment. What was she said? Um, uh, oh, oh, I, I remember. She said to tell you no. Yes, yes, it was about the dance. And she said no. Judy, you see, I'm back ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You'd better run along now if you're going to the dance tonight. I'm not going. Hmm? Isn't this the night you and Jerry were... Yes, but I'm not going. Well, what's the matter? You and Jerry didn't have a spat, did you? No, not yet. Not yet? If he thinks he can give me the runaround... I... Jerry's giving you the runaround? And I know exactly why. He was cross because I went out with Bill Conway, and, and now he's taking another girl out just to make me jealous. How do you know he is? He was supposed to call me up about the dance, and he didn't do it. So naturally, he's taking someone else. I've had all week to think up what I'm going to say to him, and... You're not going to say anything. I'd like to know why not. Well, in the first place, because you're a lady. Oh, this is no lady. This is just a gal who's plenty peeved. And in the second place, if you think Jerry is trying to make you jealous, the worst thing you can do is to let him know you care. Huh? Now, that is a thought. So the next time you see Jerry, you better... Dr. Go... Christian? I've changed my mind. I'm going to that dance after all. Oh, and I'll have to hurry. Well, where are you going with? Hmm? Can't go by yourself. Well, that's right, isn't it? I suppose it's too late to phone Bill Conway and have him come all the way from the city. Oh, I have it. Homer. Well, I don't know. Huh? Homer doesn't strike me as being exactly a ladies' man. Oh, he's going to be this ladies' man. <gasps> Look, you call him up and, and have him come over here on some pretext or other, and, and then I'll invite him, sort of casually. Well, I, I don't know, Judy. You'd better handle it yourself. Uh, all I want you to do is call him up and, and just tell him to come over. I know, but... Well, what harm I... is there in that? Please, Dr. Christian. The number is uh, Cedar 76. All right, Judy, but... Ah. Uh... Cedar 76. I'll ask him to come over, but don't expect me to... Hello? Dr. Christian. What? Quick, hang up. What? Hang up the phone. Good evening, Dr. Christian. Oh, <laughs> Good evening, Jerry. Oh, don't let me interrupt your phone call. No, uh... Yes? Hello? Goodbye. It was just a short call. Well, uh, Judy, I thought I'd drop in yes, and sorry, see... Sorry, Jerry, but I have to rush. I'm going to dance tonight. What do you mean you're going to the dance? I thought you had to work tonight. Well, you might have thought differently if you'd taken the trouble to call me up, as you said you would. Well, now, Judy, Jerry... I did call up. When? When did you call? That same afternoon, about five minutes after I left here. I certainly didn't know about it. Wait a minute, Judy. Wasn't that the afternoon you went over to get a prescription made up and had to wait so long? Well, she wasn't in the office anyway. This fellow Homer Moore answered the phone oh. and told me she'd left word she couldn't go to the dance. Homer told you that? Why, he didn't even mention to me that you'd called. Besides, I told him to tell you yes. Oh, so that's it. Well, I never did like that guy's looks. I have a good notion to... Now listen, Jerry, wait. Where's Homer Moore? Yeah, that's what I want to find out. Well, what's the matter with you, Ed? Matter? Matter? I'm going to have him put behind the bars. Why? What's he done? Me, and he's done me plenty. He turned out to be a thief. What? He he stole something? What did he take? Phonograph records. Uh, he walked off with a new shipment of swing tunes. Ed, I think I can explain this. I'm if you sorry, just... Doc. 
There's nothing to explain. I'm going to swear out a warrant for that fellow and put him in jail. But not before I settle with him. And when I get through, if there's anything left, then you can... Good evening. Homer! Why, you young whippers... Now, wait a moment. All of you. Anything wrong? Homer, why didn't you tell me Jerry called me up about the dance? Oh, I forgot all about it. I really have a wretched memory. I apologize. I'm extremely sorry. You're going to be a lot sorrier. Why did you tell me she said no? Because she did say no. I didn't. I said... Oh, I did. I asked Homer to tell you, no, I didn't have to work. Oh, I'm afraid I rather bungled that, too. You see, Tia, it wasn't his fault at all. Never mind all that. What about my swing music records? Homer, did you take records from the store? Yes. You see? What did you do with them? I broke them up. Broke them up? Broke up a whole shipment of It's new... a disgrace to allow music of that sort to exist. Well, what do you know? What do you know about music? You can't even... Why, you young... Now, be careful, Ed. Remember your blood pressure. All right, I'll be careful. But let me tell you one thing, young man. I'm going to have you arrested just as soon as my blood pressure is down to normal. You'll get the record business all straightened out, Ed. Judy, you and G.I. better hurry along if you're going to the dance. And Homer, you can stay here with me. I want to have a little talk with you. down, Homer. I'll pay for those records. I have almost enough money coming to me in wages, and I'll earn the rest. Well, never mind the records. The other day, Homer, I was glancing over your medical history, and I noticed you were born on April 17, 1911. It struck me as rather curious. Why? Oh, I don't mean right at the time. This afternoon, I got a hold of a copy of Who's Who and looked up that composer you mentioned, Moray. I don't see what that is. In fact, I have a copy right here on my desk. Let's see. Hmm. Thought I marked the place. Oh, yes. Homer Moray, pianist and composer. Born April 17, 1911. Well, uh, shall I go on, or do you want to face up now? Well, I... I... Homer Moray. Hmm. Homer Moore. When you're taking an alias, it's better to choose one not so similar. Yes, I guess I didn't do so well, did oh, I? but don't worry about it. You gave yourself away a dozen different times anyhow. How did you hurt your arm? In an automobile accident. All my life, Doctor, I was afraid something would happen to my hand so that I wouldn't be able to play anymore. It, it, well, it was a regular nightmare of mine. I used to wake up horrified over it. And then... Then it did happen. And so you gave up your career? What else was there for me to do? I couldn't play anymore. I might have hung on for a while, taking advantage of people's pity. I don't want pity. All I want is to be let alone. Homer, there's nothing the matter with your arm. You don't imagine I'd lie about that. No, but you might be mistaken. How could I be? My arm is useless, paralyzed. There, there can't be any question. Well, there might be. Now, if your arm is paralyzed, you can't feel anything, can you? Why no? I have a bottle of acid here. I'm going to put just a tiny drop of it on the back of your hand. And you see if you can't feel it burn. Wait, I'll... I'll turn back your sleeve. If the acid get on your coat, it'll burn a hole in it. Very corrosive. Now hold still. It'll be just a drop. There you are. You feel it? I can't feel a thing. 
Well, just wait a moment. Not yet? No. Well, I guess that settles it. Maybe I was mistaken. What are your plans now, Homer? Oh, I don't know. Just to go on as I am. Washing windows? If I can get them to wash, I'll always be able to find something. And I'll remember about the alias to do better next time. Well, thank you for what you've done for me, Dr. Christian. Oh, it wasn't anything. Goodbye, Homer. And lots of luck. Yes. Good Goodbye. Oh! What? Oh, Homer! I've dropped a bottle. That acid, it's splashing my eyes. Oh, oh quick. Huh? Quick, get me a basin of water. Yes. Hurry. Yes. You'll find a basin someplace. Yes, yes I've, I've got oh, it. Oh, my eyes. Hand me that towel. Yes. Here it is, Doctor. Why, Homer, you picked up that towel with your paralyzed hand. Oh. Why, I did. I did. I'm holding it. Why, look. Why, look, I... I can move my fingers. I, I can move them. My arm, it, it's well. Yes, it's always been well. Your trouble, Homer, was fear. When we are afraid of something, we give that something power was. You were afraid you would lose the use of your arm, and you let that fear grow and grow until it finally got the better of you, until you finally came to believe in it. And then for a moment you forgot to be afraid, <laughs> then you... It's, it's just like a miracle. I can play again now. I can, I can go back. Oh. Oh, but your eyes, Dr. Christian, that acid... Didn't get in my eyes. I dropped the bottle on purpose. And it wasn't acid. Just a little distilled water. Distilled water? But if you hadn't thought it was acid, you wouldn't have picked up that towel. It's all in the way we think about it, Homer. If we believe in it, it's true. various Vaseline products you purchase for your medicine closet, don't forget Vaseline hair tonic. Every member of the family can use it with benefit to the health and appearance of the hair. Used as a massage before each shampoo, it cleanses and lubricates the scalp. Used as a dressing afterward, it keeps the hair neat and in place. It comes in 40 and 70 cent bottles at all drugstores. And by the way, the prices of Vaseline products mentioned on this program apply only to the United States. Gene Herschold is preparing a special radio gift for Dr. Christian fans, and it's going to be the greatest gift ever presented to the radio audience. The details will be announced soon, so be sure to listen for them. appears on this program through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. He will be back at this hour next Sunday with another story of The Doctor of River's End. 
Heard on today's program were Someday My Prince Will Come from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and Stop Your Breaking My Heart from Artists and Models. This is Arthur Gilmore bidding you good afternoon for the makers of Vaseline Preparation. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.